The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Aaron, why do we have to, to bring politics into these feel-good stories? Did you say the, the Kraken guy delivering the toys was a right-winger? I'm sorry to say, Dory, but uh, Aaron's had some technical problems. He's not with us right now. Oh, for crying out loud. Such a good line, too, on my part. Oh, well. All right. Maybe he's an actual right-winger on the ice. That would have been Aaron's answer. All right. Well, what a rollicking start we're off to. Coming to you from the Carter Subaru studio. Welcome. <laughs> this is a harbinger of things to go. Welcome to the big show. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show for you this afternoon. Let's get right to the big lead. Oh, man. The big really lead. Top story. In 2004... I'm absolutely convinced the Washington State gubernatorial election was stolen. I covered it extensively. I covered it for months after that election. I was on the air for three hours every day, and that was the dominant topic. And I think you probably have heard by now what happened. Dino Rossi defeated Christine Gregoire on election night when they counted all the votes. And then there was a recount. And in the first recount, Dino Rossi defeated Christine Gregoire. Then there was a second recount. Dino Rossi defeated Christine Gregoire. And then the Democrats and Gregoire said, well, we'd like to have a hand recount of the ballots. And what happened then is, in my view the most shocking election steal of my lifetime. Because what happened then was the King County Democrats, the Democratic Party in King County, Larry Phillips was a councilman who was a member of the King County Democratic Party. They found a bunch of ballots. They discovered them, as they put it, uh, more than a month after the election. Larry Phillips, who was the King County Council chairman at the time, he said, well, there were signature problems and he couldn't find his ballot. So he asked the county election officials to investigate. And lo and behold, it turns out that they found a tray in a warehouse that had 162 previously uncounted ballots. This is more than a month after the election. The Democrats in King County found a tray in a warehouse with a six, 162 ballots that they say were never counted. And guess what the difference was between Christine Gregoire and Dino Rossi? Yeah, it was those 162 found ballots which were overwhelmingly for Christine Gregoire. It was a stolen election. There simply is no doubt about that in my mind. But Democrats ran everything in our state. And so they were able to steal the election. And it changed our state forever. Cost taxpayers billions and billions of dollars because Christine Gregoire green-lighted Sound Transit, which is proving to be the biggest waste of money of any public project in our nation's history. That's when taxation started going through the roof in Washington as Gregoire started adding billions to the state budget, something that Jay Inslee has exponentially done since then. 
So that is my view of what happened in 2004 based on me covering the story. I now find out just yesterday that I could be reported to a federal agency for accurately reporting that story back in 2004. Let me explain. So let's fast forward to 2020. Kim Wyman was re-elected Washington State Secretary of State. Kim Wyman ran as a Republican. Kim Wyman's not really a Republican, but she ran as a Republican a couple of times, and she got elected Secretary of State a couple of times. Her, Her most recent election, shortly after that election, Kim Wyman left her job. She's told the voters she was going to serve another four years as Secretary of State. But she left that job for a Biden administration newly created division called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Ooh, that sounds important. And what Kim Wyman said was she was going to leave the job so she can bring election integrity to the rest of the country. I was upset with her. And Kim Wyman and I have always gotten along really well. She always said she liked the radio show. She would come on the radio show quite often. But I was upset when she got reelected Secretary of State, and then she leaves for a Biden administration post. So now every single statewide elected office on the entire West Coast, Washington, Oregon, and California, is held by Democrats because Jay Inslee got to appoint a Democrat as Secretary of State when Kim Wyman left. So why am I bringing all of this up now? Well, it turns out that Kim Wyman, when she was still Secretary of State in 2020, there was somebody on Twitter who said what I have said a million times. They thought that the 2004 Washington State election was stolen. And they said that as evidence that elections can be greatly influenced by government. Well, it turns out that Kim Wyman had not left yet, uh, not yet left for her new job with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. But she contacted them and she said, hey, there's somebody on Twitter in Washington State questioning the 2004 gubernatorial election. I think they should be looked into. Okay, Tucker Carlson picks it up from there. He had this part of the story last night. On October 29, 2024, example, an official with the Washington Secretary of State's office wrote to CISA, quote, I wanted to flag two tweets with possible misinformation about the election. Misinformation about the election. Now, remember, misinformation is a new word. It's been around the intel world for a long time, but it's never been used in common conversation until recently. And the distinction between misinformation and lying is that misinformation can be true. It doesn't have to be untrue to be censored. So it used to be truth is a defense. If you're telling the truth, you can say it. Not anymore. With mis and disinformation, if I don't like it, if I'm in power, I can censor you. Okay, let me give some examples. So in 2020, I was saying that children did not need to get vaccinated when the COVID vaccine was rolled out. I said the same thing in 2021. It turns out that was true. But there were people who tried to label that as misinformation. So like he just said, 
Truth can now be misinformation if the people in power don't like the truth. Okay, so somebody in Kim Wyman's office goes to this new Biden administration cyber security and infrastructure security agency. And they said, hey, there's somebody on Twitter questioning an election 16 years ago here in Washington. You guys should do something about it. Here's what the tweets said. So one of the offending tweets that this political official in Washington State was upset about was a reference to an election dispute in Washington State's 2004 gubernatorial election, which played out in the courts. And ultimately, Democrats won that court battle. They won the battle. But they had to find ballots on a tray in a warehouse to win the battle. It is the shadiest election that I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, I didn't write these tweets, but I could have because I've publicly said many times that I think the 2004 gubernatorial election in Washington was stolen. But now we find out that even if you are speaking the truth, in this case, somebody from Kim Wyman's Secretary of State office contacts this new Biden cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, and they go to Twitter, which was run at the time by Democrat partisans. They went to Twitter, and they were able to successfully get these tweets that questioned a 16-year-old election. They were able to successfully get them pulled and the account suspended. The tweet read this, quote, Washington State in 2004, judges ignored the real count and rewarded the Democrats. Another tweet from the same account read simply, ballots can appear whenever from whomever. Now, you can agree or disagree. Now, but all of that is true. Because Washington was one of the only states that said uh, you could, as long as the ballots were postmarked, they can arrive any time. And in this case, they claimed that they found over 100 ballots more than a month after the election. And they got counted. That's a shady, in my view, rigged election. But listen to what happened to the person who tweeted that two years ago here in our state. Screw with those tweets. They seem true. But in any case, they're opinions. They're a political take. And you see tweets like that all the time on Twitter because this is a free country or was. But what happened next is shocking. And it's amazing that anyone would defend it. The federal government shut down those opinions. Within minutes, CISA flagged the tweets to several DHS accounts. These people with guns. Then CISA sent the report directly to Twitter. Please see the report below from Washington, CISA wrote. And the tweets, of course, were censored. The government got a random Twitter user with a small following shut down because they didn't like his or her views on the 2004 election in Washington State because they criticized Democrats. The government. Okay, this is shocking stuff. So Kim Wyman at the time was trying to get a job with the Biden administration with their cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Somebody from Kim Wyman's office goes tattling to that CISA, the same agency, and said, hey, we don't like these tweets that are talking about an election that happened 16 years ago. So they went to Homeland Security, the CISA went to Homeland Security. Homeland Security went to Twitter, and Twitter said, okay, we'll pull that person's account. Now, everything that person said was true. And it is a legitimate criticism of the 2004 Washington State gubernatorial election. But when you have a state official in Washington who wants a job with the Biden administration, 
So she goes with information to that same agency. And the agency goes to Homeland Security, and Homeland Security goes to Twitter, and Twitter says, yep, we'll pull this guy's account. Well, then we don't live in America anymore. We really don't. Because if the party in power, and and for all you Democrats who are thinking, well, you shouldn't question that election, should you have had any right to say anything negative about Donald Trump? Or do you believe that the Trump administration should have been able, if they had had this kind of power? Do you believe that every time something critical was said about the Trump administration, that they should have been able to go to a shadowy, newly created federal agency, which would then go to Homeland Security, which would then go to social media and say, this person must be silenced? Would you be comfortable with that? If you are anti-Trump or if you are anti-Republican, whatever it might be. Because regardless of your political affiliation, when the party in power can decide whose voice is allowed to be heard in America, then it isn't America anymore. Now, let me give you another example of just how things are being manipulated right now. Forbes magazine has come out with an extensive report on what was happening on TikTok leading up to the 2020 election. TikTok was running videos criticizing Republicans and Republican lawmakers. Uh, In this case, they went after Marco Rubio, who was in a close race down in Florida. The tweet read this, quote, Wash- nope, 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 nope. Is it? I'm disappointed that, that a, a leader in our country is perpetuating this myth that um, getting our people home actually puts Americans at risk. Um, and, and you know what I would ask uh, Senator Rubio is um, you've supported getting them home. You've done absolutely nothing for me or my family or most of these men and any of the families could tell you that. Okay, so we have all these people on TikTok who are, railing against Republican politicians. Here's somebody who uh, they said he was an Uvalde victim whose uh, stepdad railed on Texas politicians, both Republicans. He marched with us. That, that, that means something to us. The fact that you're reaching out just to see how we're doing means something to us. And everybody that's getting ready... To- by the way, he's promoting Beto O'Rourke and going after Governor Abbott and uh, Senator... Ted Cruz. Vote. I want you guys to know that these guys don't have compassion for us. They don't care. He doesn't care that all these children were murdered and these teachers were murdered. Y'all need to realize that. Everybody, this isn't some some little plot or anything. This is real life. Okay, this is horrible. This father of somebody whose child was murdered at Uvalde going after Greg Abbott and Ted Cruz and supporting Beto O'Rourke. Now, TikTok is aimed primarily, they're all teenagers of both genders, but TikTok is especially influential with teenage girls. And if all they see is nonstop parade of people ripping on Rubio and ripping on Abbott, ripping on Cruz, uh, supporting Joe Biden, then it influences their brains, just like political advertisements influence election outcomes. Well, guess who is running all of those ads or the videos posting on TikTok? They weren't labeled as ads. Guess who was posting on TikTok all of these political things aimed at our teenagers? Why, it was the Chinese Communist Party. 
Uh, Those accounts that you just heard were all managed by Media Links TV, a registered foreign agent and a Washington, D.C.-based outpost of the Chinese Communist Party television news outlet. Now, do you think that your 16, 17-year-old son or daughter, do you think that when they watch these videos, they do a deep dive and say, I wonder who made this video? No, they just think, oh, it's so sad. It's the father of a kid killed in a school shooting saying Beto O'Rourke's the guy. Mom, Dad, make sure you vote for Beto. But that's the Chinese party because TikTok has proven to be unbelievably efficient in getting into most teenagers' phones and heads and consciousness in America, which means the Chinese government has an amazing database that they are adding to every second of every day of who your kids are, where they move, how they think, how they can be directed to think. So the Chinese Communist Party is posting TikTok videos. Uh, Those who are free-minded and post on Twitter have the United States government colluding with Homeland Security and with Twitter itself to have any dissenting thought removed and accounts removed. We're at... A very dangerous point right now in America where we're going to have to decide if we're going to get free of these powerful forces that are controlling our kids' minds, that are controlling politicians' actions, that are silencing you if you dare have a dissenting opinion. If you said, I think kids should be back in school when they were at home for two years during COVID, why that was misinformation and you could have been silenced using the exact same principles that I've laid out for you here. So again, I ask you, regardless of your political party, is this something you are comfortable with, that the party in control gets to decide what messages are heard? They get to decide who is silenced. They can work with the Chinese Communist government to influence American elections. Are you comfortable? with that, regardless of your party affiliation, because we are seeing some real dark forces that are starting to take control of the United States of America right now. And that is your big lead for today. The Big Lead on Cairo Radio. We're going to check the news for you, and then we've been following the story about a person who believes in rioting, believes in saying bleep the police, who's been appointed to the Olympia School Board. Well, we have obtained more videos with this person and the people that she is colluding with. It's pretty shocking stuff. You're going to hear it next here on The Dory Monson Show. We've been following a shocking story out of Olympia where a woman named Talana Reed has been appointed to the Olympia School Board. Now, Talana Reed is an activist. She lines with Antifa. That's all fine. But is this the kind of person we should have running a school district? Is this kind of the, the kind of role modeling that our children should have? Uh, in 2021, Talana Reed wanted to be an Olympia City Councilwoman, and we've played for you before some of her 
vile comments back then. Because the police, but I want to say, say their names. And it amazes me how those pigs can sit over there to watch us peacefully discuss, talk about... Okay, no, police officers were there so she could exercise her right of free speech. So she says, bleep the police, and then she calls police officers pigs, as you just heard, as they are there to defend her free speech rights. It amazes me how those pigs can sit over there to watch us peacefully discuss, talk about what we want changed in this in this state and they don't pay attention until we tear up so just before i get started tear everything up in this city until they do what we want them to do tear everything up in this effing city uh tear s up she said now she didn't get elected to the city council but then the absolute radicals who are on the olympia school board decided that she would be a fine leader of our kids. And so Talana Reed was appointed to an open position on the Olympia School Board. Now, we've talked a couple of times with uh, parent groups that are just shocked that she is on the school board. We've obtained more audio of Talana Reed. Uh, I'm, I'm told that her her aunt was killed in an accident involving a street sweeper, but uh, she believes that it was more than that. Didn't even give vital signs as she laid unconscious and fighting for her life. Not okay. That is suspicious. Those actions in itself, we need to take that for that. Okay, she thinks that people didn't act quick enough when her aunt was in this accident. And so she considers that to be murder. And she would also lead protesters through neighborhoods in Olympia. And on and on it would be, F the police, F the police, F the police. She says that constantly. Uh, She accuses the city street sweeper, city manager, the police, the police chief, the mayor, the city council. She says that all of them murdered her aunt who was in that accident. This city had, had a major loss when they murdered her. But we're going to get the win when this is held accountable. Come on now. So she was using this to try to get a spot on the city council. Again, she didn't win that election, but she has now been appointed to the Olympia School Board. Uh, there is an activist with Antifa, and he interviewed Talana Reed. These woke. Here we go. Antifa activist interviewing her. If you could just introduce yourself. My name is Talana Reed, and I live in Olympia. I am currently running for the city council position number five. Running for city council, and that act- Antifa activist, Miguel Laughlin. Uh, then he walked behind cops berating them. What the hell's wrong with you, bruh? Yo, I bet you sleep well at night, huh? Huh? Not like your kids hate you. Or 40% of you are abusive who beat your wives. Okay, that's who she was associating with. And again, I ask do anybody think this is healthy for our children to have somebody like Talana Reed? On the school board. Here she is in that guy's video. Yeah, we all 
um, town who is, that is historically historically racist. I mean, that, that's the culture of the city. You guys are changing that, but we cannot change it until we actually infiltrate these positions. Talk about revolution, this whole city. I mean, people are going to be leaving. The right people will leave, and the right people will come here. Okay, so she says Olympia is a historically very racist city. And the radical left wants to infiltrate, her word, they want to infiltrate the city council and the school board. And their hope, as you heard her say at the end, they want anybody who is moderate or certainly right of center to leave the city, to leave the school district, to leave all of it to the farthest left radicals imaginary. But this has been a strategy around the country. And it's one in other parts of the country where Republicans are doing a good job. I'm down Miami-Dade County. Republicans got control of what had been a very liberal school district in, uh, in Virginia. It was parents wanting to take back some control of their schools that got a governor elected. And again, back down in Florida, when Ron DeSantis stood with parents against woke in groups that wanted to infiltrate kindergarten to third grade classrooms, it was DeSantis who won in huge numbers. But this is what the left is trying to do here in our region. They're trying to infiltrate city councils, school boards, and they want to turn them not into places of efficient government at the city level or of great education for children at the school board level. They just want them to be leftist, weaponized agencies. And uh, finally, here's a little bit more of Talana Reed when she was running for city council. Right now I'm running for city council because... If I can't beat him, I'm a, if I'm not going to join him, but I'm going to infiltrate. And I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to be a voice from the inside. They've deemed me a, security, a threat to security, and they need to. A threat to police, a threat to security. F the police was uh, being played in the background while she was talking there. And then we wonder why our kids are so screwed up. Why our kids have uh, you know 70% failure rate of basic math standards in our state. 50% can't meet basic English standards in our state. They're failing. Our public schools are failing our kids at record numbers. Well, it's because of people like this who not only are put in positions of power, but how about the other school board members who elevated Talana Reed to the school board? They must hate the, any, any form of you know, kindness towards police, they must love blaspheming the police. It's amazing that this is what is being inflicted upon our kids, uh, especially here locally, where it's just running amok. So a parents group has gotten, as of last week when I talked to them, they'd gotten hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of signatures of no confidence, not only against this woman, Talana Reed, but the entire school board that appointed her to a school board position. But you have to be aware of just how desperately radical the forces getting control of your kids are because we're seeing this play out to some degree in school district after school district all around western Washington. And it's very scary. And it's very sad for our kids. And it's 
absolutely disturbing for the taxpayers who spend more on schools, you know, $20,000 per kid per year, more than any place else. It's amazing. All right, we'll keep you posted on that, especially as the parents group continues to try to fight it. But parents, you got to mobilize against this. If you care about your kids at all, you have to mobilize against this sort of propaganda being pushed on them. Okay, quick time out. One of the most popular TV shows in my kid's lifetime could not be shown today. Details straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show. Three daughters, they have somewhat different taste. But one thing that everybody their age seems to be able to agree on, people my age do, that The Office is one of the funniest shows in television history. Now, do you think it could succeed in our sensitive 2022? I don't think there's any way. Mindy Kaling, she was on Good Morning America today. And she said, no. If somebody tried to make The Office today, uh, they'd all be canceled. What do you think your character, Kelly, would be up to now, (laughs) 10 years later? I think she probably would have quit Dunder Mifflin to be an influencer. um, And then probably been canceled almost immediately. Um, So that's what I would see for her. That's pretty accurate, I think. Actually, most of the characters in that show probably would be canceled. (laughs) Yeah, they, they, in fact, some of them have been. There have been episodes that have been pulled from the networks that are rerunning. Comedy Central uh, has pulled an episode of The Office. This is the one, one of the ones Comedy Central won't air anymore was this one. Um, let me ask you, is there a term besides Mexican that you prefer something less offensive? Mexican isn't offensive. Well, it has certain connotations. Like what? Like, I don't, well, I don't know. But what connotations, Michael? No, no, no. There no. something. No. Now, remember. I'm just, I'm just curious. Honesty. Well, yeah. Um, empathy. Respect. <laughs> That's the episode they pulled from Comedy Central. And Mindy Kaling, today, she said, because uh, she has kids now, and do they watch the show? At what point do you introduce them to the series? Still a little young, right? I kind of think maybe never. That show okay. is so really? inappropriate. I mean, we always talk about the writers who I'm still in touch with now. We talk about how so much of that show we probably couldn't make now. Tastes have changed. And honestly, what offends people has changed so much now. And and so I think that actually it's one of the reasons why the show is popular. Because people feel like there's something kind of fearless about it or taboo that it talks about on the show. So... I mean, I think when they're teenagers, they'll probably want to. It seems like a 15-year-old boy is the, is the right. biggest fan of the office right now. Yeah, I, I do. I know so many people in that age range who just love it. But they love it for that reason, because it was fearless. And, you know, uh, like if you watched uh, old episodes of All in the Family, of Archie Bunker, I mean, there's absolutely zero chance that all in the family could be made today, but it was a, you know, Norman Lear was a real far, le- is, Norman Lear is well over 100 years old, and he's still, he's still going strong. He's still producing stuff. 
even though he's over 100. But Norman Lear made Archie Bunker's character to be a searing takedown of right-wingers in the Nixon era. But because of the language that Archie Bunker used, uh, there's no way the show could be shown. And in fact, it's on some network. I see it every once in a while, late at night. Uh, reruns of it, and they run a disclaimer before every single rerun episode of All in the Family because Archie Bunker was so blatantly racist. In fact, I watched, oh, man, last weekend, I love the Rat Pack. I love documentaries about the Rat Pack, all of them. But I watched a great Sammy Davis Jr., Rat Pack documentary last weekend, and it talked about when uh, there's an episode of All in the Family when Sammy Davis Jr. left his briefcase in the back of Archie Bunker's taxi cab, and Archie comes home and is so excited to tell the family that Sammy Davis Jr. was in his cab, and then he finds out that the briefcase had been left behind. So Sammy Davis Jr. goes to the Bunker house to pick it up. And the the last scene, because you know, Archie says a bunch of racist things, trying to be complimentary to Sammy Davis Jr. And then right at the very end, Archie asked to have a picture taken. And there was an ad-libbed moment where Sammy Davis Jr. turned and kissed Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker, on the cheek, right as the picture was taken. And then he laughs and he flashes the peace sign and he walks out and it got one of the biggest cheers in television history but it was considered really controversial back then of to to have a black man kiss a white man's cheek on television so we've evolved in so many ways positively but we can't make fun of ourselves or of anything anymore because everybody's offended by everything okay quick time out we're gonna check the news for you here at the top of the hour and then the fastest 15 is next here on the dory monson show